0: Hey, it's Brian Haney, the voice of the Jayhawks. A two-hand follow-jam is true for Josh Jackson. You're listening to The Morning Blitz with my main man, Ross Volkmer. Right here on 102.5 u Rock.
1: Cruising along on a chilly Monday here on The Morning Blitz. Negative one, the temperature outside officially, and on our way to a high of just four. Once again, a wind chill warning still in effect until tomorrow morning at noon, so it'll still be cold when we come back here tomorrow morning, so just be aware of that. And honestly, only one day this entire week we will get above freezing, so very, very cold. And please keep that in mind as you continue through uh, your day. And if you're on Martin Luther King Day, if you've got a federal holiday today. Hope you're enjoying that. And once again, I'm just glad that you're up with us, I guess, if you do have that. So uh, let's continue on with our weekend winners and losers. We transition into the losers of the weekend. Christian, where do you want to extend us with our first loser?
0: Part of me feels bad because I'm going to take a wild guess here and say that I'm stealing yours. It's okay. But the other other part of me uh, is just glad that we're going to start this conversation uh, because it's an interesting one, and it's almost tangential to uh, a conversation that we've had before. But I've got the Dallas Cowboys, specifically Mike McCarthy. 32-48 at home where you've been a juggernaut. If I know there are NFL fans out there who know this, but if you haven't followed uh, the National Football League to the extent that we do, uh, Dallas is basically unbeatable at home. They are an absolute juggernaut playing in Arlington, in that dome, in front of their fans, and they got taken out to the woodshed. They got destroyed. Like Ross said, the score was in fact much better, if that's possible, than it even looked. 48-32, but Uh, The Packers led uh, by much more than that through the majority of this game. Jordan Love, 272, three touchdowns. Aaron Jones, 118 on the ground and three touchdowns. Very, very, very good play by the Packers, but that shouldn't take anything away to how poorly Dallas played. They kind of imploded And it almost seems like a broken record at this point. Three straight one and duns for three straight 12-win Dallas Cowboy teams that have just struggled to do anything but look disjointed in the playoffs. And they do that once again. The passing stats end up looking okay for Dak, 41 of 60 for 403, three touchdowns. But two interceptions, including a pick six, and let's be real, the four oh three, a lot of that came in garbage time, so Dak really, really did not look good in this game. The same thing for CD Lamb, nine catches for one ten, but the large majority of that came after this was out of hand for the large portion of when this game mattered. Jair Alexander, corner for Green Bay, of course, had CeeDee Lamb in a box that he just wouldn't let him out of. CeeDee, of course, being probably a top two receiver in the game at this point, and just got shut down for the the portion of this game that mattered. And just a, a huge reset here for the Cowboys. And if it's possible after three 12-win 12, 12 seasons, Mike McCarthy's probably on the hot seat down in Arlington.
1: First-ever team in NFL history to have three consecutive 12-plus win seasons and not make it to the NFC Championship game. So, like I said, you said it a lot. They get spanked. Like This is a Dallas team that has a ton of high-priced and experienced ta- talent. Playing at home, mind you, as the number 2 seed, they get absolutely spanked by, as once again we talked about in Winners, a, super- a supremely youthful Packers squad. Once again, the youngest playoff roster since the 1970s, and they got dominated. Absolutely, the Cowboys once again are distracted by things either off the field or take you know are reading their own press clippings because everybody loves them, and then they just they just blow up. They simply do. And honestly, I don't even I don't even want to blame Dak that much. I want to blame the defense because they got ran over from the start. They got ran over from the start. It was 27-0 at halftime. 27-7, excuse me, at halftime. For a touchdown at the buzzer at halftime, it would have been 27-0. So Aaron Jones ran all over him. The Packers did. 143 yards. That's 4.3 yards per carry. Three touchdowns. This defense has been so great all season. The Packers' defense has been fantastic. But... It did not live up to the physicality that the Packers put on. They had a great game plan, and they absolutely torched them. And, you know, with the coaches that are in the are in a position of not having a job, of, of coaches that were either let go or decided to step away from there or quote-unquote step away, they wouldn't shock me a bit if Dallas says we're going to make a change to that coaching spot. Let's go get Bill Belichick. Let's go get Mike Vrabel. Let's go do something else heck Dan Quinn I know was going to be on the high of was being be the high on a lot of lists including Seattle where he had a lot of success that game last night didn't do him any favors his defense got torched by once again a very young Packers team and that's a, it, it's inexcusable to an extent and great great for Green Bay great for Green Bay first ever number seven seed in the, in the playoffs to win a playoff game but it's the Packers and, and every time the Packers do this I think of two people. I think of Stephen A. Smith and him laughing all the time about how he's right about the Packers because he is every single time. And Skip Bayless, how much he hates we seeing his own Green Bear, his own Pat, uh, his own Cowboys losing all the time. So sorry, I was talking about Stephen A. Smith and the Cowboys, not the Packers. But nonetheless, yeah, it's the Dallas Cowboys are the biggest loser of the weekend, and it's not even close. They're so far ahead of everybody else. They were terrible. They had everything going for them. The number two seed. At home, playing a team that was super youthful, all that stuff. Didn't matter. Overlooked their opponent, got spanked. And now you're, now you're having those exit meetings here this week. That's it. That's, it's terrible. Terrible. No doubt the Dallas Cowboys, the biggest loser of the weekend. I honestly think if the Cowboys want some change, they have to start with, at, the, at the very top. And I'm not saying that Jerry Jones has to sell the team. But Jerry Jones has become less involved. Jerry Jones has too much of his thumb on this whole deal. He needs to step aside and just be owner. Not be giving press conferences and having your own radio show every single week. You're not a coach. You're not a player. Don't care if you own the team. No. Just be an owner. Hire the people in the position to have success. Let them do their jobs and stay out of the way. That's where I would start. But you're not going to tell a man who owns a multi-billion dollar industry to do that but that's where I think it all has to begin for the Cowboys
0: I'm actually not going to disagree with that it's I think a take that most people maybe even a lot of Dallas fans would agree with he's kind of been the an annoying little thorn in the media side for a long time uh but yeah it's got to start some it It's hard to say, and it's almost the conversation that we were having about Ohio State and Ryan Day. You have been great objectively. 12-plus wins and all this good stuff and the number one ranked offense statistically this year. But you can't win the games you need to. And at what point does that boil over into especially with a fan base that expects what Dallas fans expect, say what you will about that. It might be time to move on from Mike McCarthy. I don't think so. I I would. I don't know. I actually don't know how to feel about this one to be honest, because of what Ross said. There are a plethora, Bell, Bell, Bill Belichick at the top of which, of great coaches looking for employment right now and I think that entices Dallas more than anything
1: but all it might entice some coaches but knowing that you're going to have to listen to Jerry Jones and hear his thoughts and all that stuff makes it also a little bit unattractive as well so keep that in mind as you push forth here so okay let's get to one more loser before we get to break let's make it quick who's your other loser of the weekend
0: I do have uh, this is lining up real well Another quick one because it's something that we've actually talked about a little bit before. But I've got a loser of the weekend, the AP-ranked men's basketball teams. Almost all of them. In this past week, number 1, 2, 3, 5, 6, 8, 9, 11, 17, 19, <laughs> 21, 23, and 25. Wow. All lost to unranked opponents, every single one of them lost to an opponent that was not ranked during the game last week. That was Purdue losing Houston, Kansas, of course, Tennessee, Kentucky, Arizona, Oklahoma, Marquette, uh, Colorado State, San Diego State, Texas, Gonzaga, and Clemson. Incredible. Incredible.
1: That that says one quick—that says a couple things to me. Number one is talent is spreading around. It's not going to the, the the big teams anymore. It's getting spread around. You're seeing talent getting spread, and that's allowing other teams to be just as good. That's the biggest thing that stands out to me about that. Um, and that also says to me that there's probably not a really great team this year in college basketball. I don't see it. I, 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 if, I've I watched a, a decent amount of games, and I definitely dive in more after foot, in, in, in February when football is completely over. But in the games that I have seen, I have not seen a team just like, oh my gosh, that team's a world beater. It's going to be who can put it all together at the end of the season and play pretty darn good. That's what it's going to be. It could make, could make for a very, as we say every year, it could make for a great NCAA tournament. Because, you know, I it just said, it's what we could see. I've got one more quick loser before we get out of here. K-State men's basketball loser of the weekend. They lost for the 10th consecutive time at United Super, Supermarkets Arena to Texas Tech. They had it won. They had it won. They got off to a slow start, slow, slow start, and then started hitting threes and got on a heater right before the start, of the, right before halftime, but allowed a 14-4 run by Texas Tech at the end of the game, including a three-point play by Joe Toussaint, which shouldn't have happened. Joe Toussaint traveled. He switched pivot feet. If you watch the replay, he totally traveled. They didn't call it. He puts up a shot. He gets fouled. The and one gives Texas Tech the lead and eventually the win. Also, Jerome Tang, not a great play design uh, in the final design. I didn't I didn't like that very much. It wasn't Didn't get a very good open sh- look for Tyler Perry. I didn't think that was great. Jerome Tang, as good as he has been in a lot of statistical areas, he is now 0-6 in Big 12 games, which they commit 18 or more turnovers, which most coaches would say they're going to lose when they commit that amount of turnovers. So didn't do a good job against Texas Tech. Lost on the road again. And they have another very tough game. here. They 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 always have an opportunity to bounce back. Going to be a tough one. They have 14th-ranked Baylor at home coming up here on Tuesday. So big game for Kansas State in that direction. All right, let's get to our final break. When we come back, we'll wrap the show with some leftovers and the walk-off. Next, this is the Morning Blitz.